We meet today in Isaiah 21, verse 1 to verse 17. We're looking at the three burdens, Babylon, desert of the sea, Edom or Duma and Arabia. Isaiah is enumerating 11 burdens or judgment against nations. In this chapter, we are going to consider burden 7, 8 and 9, which are against Babylon, Edom and Arabia. These burdens are set forth by an expressive symbol. And in that day, they were given, I am sure they were as clear to the people as noonday sun. The insignia or the sign in this chapter are not quite so clear to us today. And as a result, there has been some disagreements among Bible expositors concerning their meaning. They can be identified as Babylon, Edom, and Arabia, and each one will be considered separately as we go through this chapter. All were enemies or potential enemies of Israel. Each brought a particular misery upon God's people. Each has been judged in time. This chapter of the Word of God is a neglected part of the Word of God. To prove this, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you had a sermon or a Bible study on this chapter of the Bible? I believe and I have a notion that not many people actually hear messages preached from this particular chapter. This is another section of scripture which confirms my position of pre-millennial, pre-tribulation and pre-dispensational interpretation of the word of God. It is the only interpretation which would satisfy a passage like this, which is the reason all other systems stay clear of the chapter and other portions of the word of God with like teaching. You see, unless you are persuaded in this direction, you will find yourself avoiding reading this particular chapter or even teaching from it. The remarkable thing in this chapter is that symbols are used. Now, I believe in a literal interpretation of the scripture, but when symbolism is used, it always pictures reality. That is an important thing to remember. And many expositors of the word of God call a teaching of scripture symbolism in an attempt to make it disappear. Like a magician says, hocus pocus and it's gone, so don't worry about it. Is that the way we would look at God's word, my friend? Let's not try to evaporate this section of scripture, but let us study it to see what God is saying. We are not playing magics. We will understand it literally. Even though we need to understand the symbols, but the meaning ought to be a literal meaning rather than a symbolic meaning. The burden against the wilderness of the sea. As whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it comes from the desert, from a terrible land. Isaiah 21 verse 1. The wilderness of the sea. Now that is a strange expression. It is like saying that the dryness of the water or how dry the water is. Well, Dr. Jennings translates this verse in an interesting way. As they sweep the whirlwinds through the south, so comes it 
from the desert, from that land that strikes with terror. Well, this is a good interpretation of the verse, but it does not identify the nation again. Well, if you keep reading this passage, the nation is identified in verse 1. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. So we know that the wilderness of the sea describes the area around Babylon. It was on a plain as vast as the sea. Before Babylon became a world power, her doom was again predicted. We have already seen that. The first burden in chapter 13 to 14 was against Babylon. Babylon became so awe-inspiring and frightful and represented so much in scripture that we have this further word concerning its doom. It was the first place of united rebellion against God at the Tower of Babel, and it represents the last stronghold of rebellion against God. We find this in Revelation 17 and 18. Religious Babylon is presented in Revelation 17, and a commercial Babylon is set forth there in Revelation chapter 18. The expression wilderness of the sea, therefore, continues to confuse it is actually a paradoxical phrase. Babylon was geographically located on a great desert plain besides the Euphrates River. It was irrigated by canals from the river. Jeremiah gives this description of Babylon in Jeremiah 51 verse 13. O you who dwell by many waters, abandoned in treasures, your end has come, the measure of your covetousness. You see, the desert and the sea form a weird amalgamation here. This same fusion of desert and sea is made by John in Revelation chapter 17 verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. This is the desert where John beheld the mystery Babylon. Verse 1 of chapter 17 of Revelation says, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. The fusion of the sea and the desert is seen here. It was in the desert that John saw the many waters. These two verses are symbolic, but they carry through the same pattern. We find it again in Jeremiah. Babylon with its glitter and glamour and as the fountainhead of idolatry and false religion was a mirage upon the desert. Isn't this tremendous wilderness of the sea? What a picture. Babylon was not a wonderful place. It was a mirage in the desert. It wasn't a spring on an oasis at all but a place filled with idols and false religion. There was no life-giving water there for the souls of men. And this is something that every pastor, every radio preacher, every church, every member ought to turn over in the mind. Are you a life-giving fountain? Is my church a life-giving fountain? Am I a life-giving fountain? Or I am just a mirage upon the desert of life.
a distressing vision is declared to me. The treacherous dealer deals treacherously, and the plunders. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Media. All its sighing I have made to cease. Isaiah 21 verse 2. You see, God commands the twofold nation of Media Persia to destroy the spoil of the city. Go up, O Elam, and Elam is Persia. Besiege all media. That's exactly Medo-Persians. That is exactly what happened. And this prophecy was given before the invasion took place. Therefore my loins are filled with pain. Pangs have taken hold of me, like the pangs of a woman in labor. I was distressed when I heard it. I was dismayed when I saw it. My heart wavered. Fearfulness frightened me. The night for which I longed, he turned into fear for me. Isaiah 21 verse 3 to verse 4. Once again, Isaiah is moved with great feeling and emotion when he learns of the coming devastation. This is the heart of God revealed here, desiring to show mercy and loathing to judge even so frightful an enemy. God's love is as evident here as in the tears of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. No one can rejoice in the judgment of God. God says that that judgment is his strange work. He doesn't want to judge you. He wants to save you. But the choice is yours. He doesn't want to judge nations either. And that choice is up to them. Prepare the table. Set a watchman in the tower, eat and drink. Arise, you princes, anoint the shield. Isaiah 21 verse 5. This verse reads as if it were an eyewitness account of the destruction of Babylon as recorded by Daniel in Daniel chapter 5. Remember that this was recorded about 200 years before it transpired. In the midst of the banquet, of King Belshazzar, the Median general, Gobrais detoured the river that flowed through the city and marched his army on the dry riverbed underneath the walls of the city. He took the city by surprise and shock. This is something that God said would take place. Herodotus, the Greek historian of the 5th century B.C., describes in detail the fortification of Babylon, which was also protected by a wide artificial moat. This moat diverted the course of the Euphrates River, making it run in serpentine fashion between the walls of the city. Now, according to Herodotus, Cyrus' engineers drained the moat by turning its water into a nearby marshland. Thus, the Persians were able to enter the city while the Babylonians were feasting and dancing. Amazing how prophecy get fulfilled. Then he cried, A lion, my lord, I stand continually on the watchtower in the daytime. I have sat at my post every night. And look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Then he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all the carved images of her gods. 
He has broken to the ground. Isaiah 21 verse 8 and 9. The watchman here on the wall of the city tells the people inside what he sees. He says, as I look out on the desert, here comes a chariot of men with a couple of horses. They are messengers and their message is Babylon is fallen, is fallen. The watchman brings word to the king of Babylon that it has fallen. According to Jeremiah 51 verse 31 to 33, all of Babylon's graven images of her gods are broken to the ground. This is a sigh of sorrow as well as a sigh of relief. Babylon was the source of all idolatry. Oh, my threshing and the grain of my flour, that which I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you. Isaiah 21 verse 10. Now harvest is the time of judgment. In John 4 verse 35, our Lord Jesus said, Do you not say, there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. You see, our Lord said this at the end of the age of law, when judgment was coming against Israel, who had the law for almost 1,500 years. Harvest is the time of judgment. We now move to the burden against Edom. The burden against Duma. He calls to me out of seal. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Isaiah 21 verse 11. Duma was a region of Edomia or Edom near the mountain of Seir. It was inhabited by the descendants of Esau, and Duma in Hebrew means silence or place of silence, and therefore it symbolizes the destiny of Edom, the perpetual enemy of God. What was to be its destiny? Silence. Well, I will explain a little bit later. Then you have night. The night is symbolic of evil, death, judgment, and hell or eternal punishment. If you compare John 13.30, Romans 13.12. Duma there now is a very symbolic word rather than straightforward. Isaiah played upon words to bring out a deeper meaning. And we have already seen that. He uses the words to carry a message to the people. Now, Duma is Edom with the E removed, you see. You take the E off, you then have Duma, which means silence. Our word dumb is closer to the intent and the purpose of Isaiah here. Edom is still a land of death-like silence. Seir means rough or hairy. You see, that is where Esau was the first seer man, according to Genesis 25, verse 25. He was hairy and he dwelled in Mount Seir. Genesis 36, verse 8. Seir also means storms. It was a land swept with storms. Now, watch this. Silence and storm. What a play of words and what a message that has come. And of course, Edom is obviously the country involved. Out of the land of silence and storms comes this inquiry. 
which is twice repeated. Watchmen, what of the night? In other words, how much of the night is gone? How long will it be before God's glory will be revealed? When the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. Malachi 4 verse 2. How long? The watchman said, The morning comes and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, return, come back. Isaiah 21 verse 12. You see here both morning and night are coming. What will be glory for some will be doom for others. What will be light for God's people will be night for the idiomites. The Edomites will experience the night, the men of the flesh who have rejected God. You see, when Christ returns, for those who have refused to listen to him, it will be night. But for those who have believed in him, it will be day. It will be a bright morning. We now move on to the burden against Arabia. The burden against Arabia. In the forest in Arabia, you will lodge. Oh, you traveling companies of Didanites. Isaiah 21 verse 13. Now, Arabia seems clear enough here, but again, this is a word with a double meaning. It can be made to mean evening by changing the vowel points. The Hebrew language is an interesting language. It is a language of consonants with no vowels. Instead, it had vowel points, which are little markers Above the consonants, scholars have added vowels to the Hebrew words to make them more readable. In this verse, the meaning is quite obvious. It was evening in the history of Arabia. It was later than they thought. Arabia was the land of the Ishmaelites, the Benduans, the tribes of the desert, the modern Arabs. Now, it is interesting that God speaks of them here. Abraham's sons, Ishmael and Isaac, never did get along. Their descendants don't get along either, even today. The Arabs and the Jews are still at each other's throat. If Abraham could see what is going on today, I wonder if he would think that the sin that he committed was a small sin. My friend, sin never ceases working itself out in the human story. Here is Isaiah 21 verse 14 to verse 17. All inhabitants of the land of Tamar, bring water to him who is thirsty. With their bread they met him who fled. For they fled from the sword, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow, and from the distress of war. For thus the Lord has said to me, Within a year, according to the year of a hired man, all the glory of Kedah will fail, and the remainder of the number of archers, the mighty men of the people of Kedah, will be diminished, for the Lord God of Israel has spoken it. There was a coming judgment upon this land and its people. This chapter of poetic beauty and heart sorrow should not end on this note. It may be evening here, but God's day is reckoned, the evening and the morning. The evening and the morning were the first day when we read Genesis 1 verse 5. So the morning is coming 
the night of weeping will soon be over and the new day will dawn. Man's evening of failure, of sin and darkness will end and God's morning will be ushered in by the coming of the Son of Righteousness, rising with healing in His wings. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.